This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good to see your beautiful faces. So glad to be here in this room with you today. Hey, I love that little munchkin there that you guys are holding. We've been talking about her as a staff, and congratulations. What a beautiful little princesa brought into the world, right? Isn't that awesome? Come on. As Kyle mentioned, you know, we have the the upcoming uh, final service of this month on the 20th. We're doing in person today, like you're here experiencing. And then next Sunday, we'll be in our homes together, um, engaging with one another, which is incredible. And so I want to encourage you to even maybe find someone today that you say, hey, let's get together next weekend and let's hang out at my house and let's have a time together where we go a little deeper in the word of the Lord. So that's happening every other week. And we'll be back here on the 20th, as Kyle said. And I want to bring something up in relationship to that service in particular because there's a lot of needs, there's a lot of hurting people right now in the world, right? Even in our body. And we had Giving Tuesday this last week, and we encouraged you to find a need and go and meet it. Whatever that may be, it could be financially, it could be emotionally, it could be spiritually, to just go out and like engage with someone else, right? It's good, even when we may be hurting, to get outside of our worlds and go help someone else that needs it, amen? And so we did that, we did that. We saw many people go and engage in that way on that Tuesday. But how many of you know that giving and generosity is not a program? It's not an event on a calendar. It's not like a a thing that you check off your list. It's actually a culture of the kingdom of God. We are generous because God is generous, right? We go and meet people's needs because God does that through us, right? He compels us to do that. And so don't let it stop at Giving Tuesday. Let's make this Advent season, we're going to take a look at that here in just a minute, like the significance of Jesus is coming to the earth. But let's make this season something that we actually walk out and flesh out ourselves with our own generosity to other people. So just be that secret agent that finds out what someone needs and just go do it. Whether it's You know, they know that you did it or you do it in secret, right? But let's just be generous. At whatever level that you're able by your faith to do, just go and extend that that act of love. And on the 20th, we're gonna be taking up a reverse offering. So we're not gonna be taking up an offering for the church, we're gonna be taking up an offering for people. In specific, that have needs within our community first and then outside of our body. So maybe that's an opportunity where you'll say, hey, on the 20th, I'm going to give into that so that someone else will be, you know, met. And how do you know that that, that's a need right now within our culture, right, based on all that's been happening? So anyhow, welcome this morning, guys. Uh, We are in Advent season, the Christmas time of year. I love it. I think it's such a, a beautiful time to reflect on the coming of Christ to the earth and the significance of that. When I was um, in Dallas, I, my wife and I, we, I, I left the, the marketplace where I was, I was working and giving myself to, and we moved to Dallas, Texas to attend a Bible school there. And 
I thought I was going to, to learn theology and these kind of things. And how many of you know Jehovah Sneaky sometimes sets you up to do a whole lot more in your life than you think is actually going to happen, right? And so I go down there, and it's, it's, it's a long, long story. Actually, a good majority of it I've written in a book that I'm actually finishing right now called The Eleventh Hour. And so when that comes out, you'll be able to hear more of that part of our story. But probably one of the most significant encounters I've had in my life in this type of a way happened while we were there. I haven't had this type of experience before. And what transpired, to make a long story short, is we had had a significant move of God hit our campus, which was just life-changing in so many ways. So many dreams, so many ministries, so much fruit to this day that I've actually been able to watch has played out from lives that were touched in that two-week period of time. But out of that experience, seven of us began to get together every single Tuesday night in my Brazilian friend's uh, apartment on campus. How many of you know Brazilians are hospitable? Can I get an amen? <laughs> Plus they have the best poncha queijo on the planet. If you've never tried it, it's like crack. Can I get an amen? All right. Not trying to advocate for any addictions here. All right, this morning, no emails please. But Brazilians are hospitable, so he just created a space where we could come together, spend time with one another, and time with the Lord. And gosh, there's so much I could say, and it's actually going to tie into what I want to speak on this morning, but I want to just submit that if we make the effort, and we should actually make this a priority to begin to gather with fellow believers in smaller groups all around our region. We've got Harbor at home going. It's gonna be powerful as we enter into the new year. In fact, we just did an informational meeting this Saturday that's gonna be sent out to you. Please check it out because you'll hear more about what's happening in the new year concerning Harbor at home. But we're not trying to make this thing called the church programmatic in and of itself. We're trying to help lead you in to what Jesus has always designed, and that's for connection with each other and connection with him, right? Super simple. That's what the church is all about. It's about connection with each other and connection with God, you know? And then that engages us to go out and then touch the world. But we were in this time of prayer every Tuesday night, and on one Tuesday night in particular, I, I just was overcome. I, and I haven't had this happen too often in the way that I experienced that evening, but in this encounter, my eyes were opened up. Now, this is really hard to, to tangibly, tangibly put into something that makes a whole lot of sense because I actually don't have a grid for it myself, but I began to see it wasn't like in my mind's eye. It wasn't, it, it wasn't like a dream or anything like that. It was actually like something before me, and it was simply faces of individuals, one by one, and they were flashing before my eyes like this, just boom, 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 boom. And I don't know exactly how long this happened, but it was many, many faces. And that experience was incredible, but what happened next was even more amazing. And it was that I felt the heart of the Father for the faces that I was seeing. Now, there's no way to emphasize this enough there's no words that I can put on this experience that's gonna impact your heart. It's just gonna to have to be something that I'm gonna to have to say and then trust God to touch you in some way. I felt personally, it wasn't just intellectually, it was like 
emotionally that then engaged my mind. The heart of God for the people, these were not just images, they were actual people. They were people that I knew were alive on the planet and I felt his heart for them and it put me on my knees. I literally like lost all my strength in my body and I, and I dropped down on the floor and, and my friends are like, what is happening to Darren right now? I didn't have time in this experience to explain all that was going on. We had talks about it later because God burst something out of that, out of that moment that evening on Tuesday night. But not even me thinking consciously out of my mouth came the words, God, if you would grace me, I will be an instrument to put as many of these ones that you've shown me into their destiny as possible. And I, I yelled it out. I mean, I yelled it out and it shook the room. What I have come to understand now in what is it, 2027 will have been 30 years from that experience. That God was marking my life with his heart to be a champion for other people. Now, I don't know how else to say this because we live in a very narcissistic world that's all about us. And God does care about us and we're gonna balance that today in the word. But listen, What Jesus came to do when he showed up on the planet was to give himself for others as an advocate, as an advocate. In fact, we're gonna look at this in just a minute, but Holy Spirit, when he said, I'm gonna go away, the language there, it, sometimes it's interpreted comforter, but it's actually the word advocate. Everything associated with the kingdom of God, modeled by Jesus, as sent by the Father, empowered by a Holy Spirit outpouring after that on the day of Pentecost. Everything is about championing other people. The heart of the Father intersecting humanity that, that compels us with a grace, an otherworldly type of divine enablement that's bigger than ourselves. This is not something you can do in your own strength, in your own effort. Okay, disclosure here. Like if you just think, man, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do this and that, I'm gonna give my life for this or for that, and you're not empowered by his grace, you're gonna burn out. But what I'm talking about is if you can get this, this inside of your DNA, this otherworldly DNA, I believe God is on the midst right now of raising up a, a mass army of laborers. In fact, if you look at the story of Jesus and the in the, in the New Testament where he sees all these thousands of people following him and he says the harvest is plentiful. In other words, there's people out there that need an advocate, but the workers are few. He wasn't talking about few in number. They were all around him by the thousands. They were few in their experience of understanding the heart of the Father. They were in it for what they could get. They were coming with their own needs and that's fine. That happens at the beginning of our journey but at some point God has to come and intersect our own hearts and say, hey, you're made for something greater than this. An advocate by definition, I have it here, is one who defends the cause of another. We're defenders. We're defenders in the earth for the cause of other people. 
And this is what Jesus came to, to be when he showed up on the planet some 2,000 plus years ago. He was an advocate coming to the earth for the cause of us, for the cause of this planet, for the cause of all of those created in the image of God. It's, it's a profound thought. It's, it's a profound thing. And I want to I share a kingdom principle with you just to jump us off here that, that is massively important. And it's this. A person, or this advocate that I'm referring to, is the catalyst that Holy Spirit uses to initiate spiritual activity in a person's life, another person's life. What do I mean by that? It's not just like, here's what we think. We think, oh, if Darren records a message and puts it out over the internet, then magically people are just gonna start being encountered by the Lord and change. And he may use those kind of things to touch people's lives. I'm not saying that that, that stuff doesn't work, but what I'm saying is, man, it, it's, it's, it's really life on life stuff at the end of the day. All that other stuff supplements life on life things that are happening where flesh and blood comes into an environment and interacts and rubs shoulders, iron sharpening iron, with other flesh and blood kind of people. This is the, the, the catalyst that Holy Spirit, as he fills certain individuals and they go into spaces and they rub against other people, it's what he uses to initiate spiritual activity in people's lives. And the reason I'm saying this is we thought that this is just about church coming in and sitting in for a sermon that we get fed and then we go home, live our week, come back again the next Sunday. No, this is a time of equipping so that when we go outside these doors, we know that we carry something because we're champions for people all around us. And we're going to now be aware that there's something more powerful on the inside of our frames than we even realize and that there's people out there that God's destined to know him that he may want to use us as catalytic instruments to see them come in to a powerful encounter with God. I mean, think about the, even the language in the, in, the, in, the, in the word of the Lord. It says that he became flesh and what? Dwelt among us? I mean, Wendy, let me see your Bible for just a second. Think, think about this. From the time of, of Genesis, this existed. This written word. But let's be honest. If you look in the written word until you get over into the new covenant portion, this word didn't bring transformation to anybody, really. That was lasting. The, the, it, it wasn't until... The written word became the living word. Are you seeing this? It's like everything was a setup for that moment when, when the, 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 the written word actually took on flesh and blood and inserted himself into the midst of humanity as a flesh and blood advocate. 
It's not like you can just like, like, please hear me and, oh gosh, I'm not, don't hear what I'm not trying to say. It's not like you can just drop tracks all over the place. Like, I mean, I'm a pilot. Let's go ahead and buy a thousand tracks. We'll fly over Fort Lauderdale and we'll just parachute them down on everybody. And the whole region will be saved. I mean, you know, someone might get a track and be like convicted by the word of the Lord. I mean, that happens. But, but, oh, the revival that God wants to bring, it's actually walking, living, breathing tracks, if you will, moving all through the city in the different spheres of influence that they're in. And that word that's in them now begins to come out, it's, and it's alive, it's, it's, it's filled with life. It's, it's... Okay, Darren, give me, give me some Bible here, all right? You've ranted and raved for, let's see, eight minutes, let's get into the Bible. Okay, Luke chapter two, look at this with me. Verse 14, just to show you this in the word of the Lord. This is amazing. It says, glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. Okay, this other world. Great, that's where everything starts, everything originates. That's the blueprint, that's the pattern, that's what existed before anything existed, and always will exist after every, nothing exists, right? But it says, for there, because of that, is peace and good hope given to the sons of men. How did that happen? A little baby came into the world clothed in flesh and blood that was God himself. You gotta catch what Wendy and I are gonna share on December 27th because something is brewing in me that I actually have never seen before. Even in the life of Jesus, as God himself in the flesh, he had 30 years of a time of discovery to, to, to understand the fullness of who he even was. But once he got it, and then remember his baptism, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He wasn't launched out of, go, now go perform. It was No, he was launched out of identity. He fully understood who he was and he was launched out of that place and he shook the entire world and he rubbed himself off on 12 men who reproduced themselves in 120, then 3,000 and the whole known world was changed through engagement of advocates being released all over the planet. It's powerful. Peace, gosh, y'all, if ever the world needed peace and good hope, it's right now. This is a setup for advocation happening all over the planet. If God would get us out of, and I know, listen, we're all in a measure of trauma right now, but man, I'm praying for an awakening to break us out of that and say, man, we're gonna be the answer that the world needs and is looking for going into 2021. Because peace And good hope was what was given to the sons and daughters of God. This is our portion. It's actually, if you know Jesus sitting in this room or watching over live stream right now, you already carry those two realities in fullness on the inside of your frame. The accomplished work of Jesus dwells in you. He just now wants it out. He wants to release it. Peace If you look this up, there's a Greek word, Irene, which means prosperity of soul. 
Remember the verse that says, I pray that you'll be in health and that you would prosper even as your soul prospers? It's like, oh my goodness. Like I love healing, physical healing. I believe in it 100%. But I believe that the, the core source that God wants to get to that actually I think will promote physical healing is prosperity of soul. Inside people are so broken, it's just affecting even their own physicality. And God wants prosperity of soul. He wants you to have peace, real peace. Irene, prosperity of soul, wholeness, spirit, soul, body. It's, it's beautiful. And good hope, Eudekiah, it literally means, oh, this is so beautiful. Authentic, authentic satisfaction in life. Oh, there's a lot that looks like satisfaction. It's all over all the different programs that we watch and social media accounts that we, you know, that we feed into. Oh, look how satisfied they are. No, 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 no. It's not authentic. Peace, prosperity of soul, and authentic satisfaction in life is what Jesus came to give the world. And this is crazy because the people of that time, they were living under a shadow of death. And that light broke in and broke loose and shattered the darkness. Oh. Are you worried about the darkness? The darkness is instantly shattered with the illumination of light. But when it's under a bushel, that's when we have the problem. That's been where things have been a little bit, so no, no wonder it feels so dark because we can't, we can't see any other lights, but when the lights start, like he's just looking for one. He's just looking for somebody. He's just looking for fire to touch hold of it, some individual, for them to have some encounter with his heart and then come out of hiding and come into peace for themselves and come into satisfaction for themselves that's authentic and then begin to overflow in whatever way that they can. Because here's the deal. This is not rocket science here, man. Everybody, and this is 20 years of pastoral ministry, everybody been churched, never been in church. Everybody I've ever met, they want to be successful in life. They just do. They want to be good husbands. They want to be good fathers. They want to be good wives. They, 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 they want to be good at their jobs. They, they, they want to live a meaningful life. They just don't know how. They don't even know where to start. They don't even know where to begin. But see, advocates will come and say, hey, I'm gonna champion you for your future and for your destiny. Come on, somebody. Advocates will rise up and say, you've got stuff in you. You've got potential to be the best father, the best man, the best woman, the best mom or dad, the best employee, the best whatever that the world has ever seen. Because you carry something unique. There is, there is I believe, latent energy inside of so much many people in humanity that's just sitting there waiting like a like a like liquid fuel just waiting for a spark to come and like launch people into something great and it's it's just all dependent on someone saying I'm going to be the one that's going to do it I mean, if you think about even the, I'm just so not into like religious stuff or religious jargon or even the church brand stuff right now. I'm just, I'm just not feeling it. I just, I'm like, I just want to get back to the basics. And 
Leaders, like leaders, leaders right now in the body of Christ, they're simply advocates. They're simply advocates who will engage to help other people come to realize that they can have, this is so simple, an intimate relationship with God. That they can actually know God. The devil thinks, makes people think that there's no way. I mean, I was talking to someone out here one day and they were like, man, I've been meaning to come in, into your church. He thought the building was a church and I wanted to give this big explanation, but he didn't even know the Lord. So that probably wasn't gonna do any good right now at the moment, right? I have to say that to so many church people. Hey, guess what? The church is in the building. It's people, it's living stones being joined together. But he was like, I just don't think I'm ready yet to come inside because I got a lot of stuff that I got to first figure out. And I just like, oh! And I, I just, I think I haven't said this to him, it shocked him. I said, did you know that you've already found favor with God right now in the midst of where you currently are? I mean, that was the announcement here at Advent. Advent. Hey, joy to the world! Man has found favor with God through Jesus. Guess what? You don't have to come up with your own favor. It's otherworldly. That's a gift that's been extended to you. All you have to do is receive it. What about identity? Like, because if we're going to be advocates for other people, and this is a big problem that I've seen, is that you've got to first know and love yourself before you can truly love other people. If you're gonna stand for other people's future and destiny, you better have that for you. So that's why, listen, it's, that's what I think God is doing in the church. I know that's what he's been doing in me for so many years. It's like, Darren, here's who you are. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you the real you. Identity, I'm gonna have you love yourself. And then out of that, you'll just give away what you've received for you. Because those two things are so important, intimacy with God, knowing him, knowing that there's access, and then knowing who you are, because then out of that, then when you start making an impact, it's not out of a dysfunctional motive. We've gotten in trouble in the church with getting this thing backwards. Famous this, famous that, crumbled, crushed, Futures, you know, what's going on? Now we're all disillusioned. What's happening? Well, we needed to have identity out of the place of intimacy first. I'm tweeting this stuff out. You better follow me because it's good. And I put this, I have we celebrated fruitful ministry above having a fruitful relationship. Do we, wow, look at the size of your whatever, your business, your this, your that. When man, how are you doing in your heart with your fruitfulness with God? If you have that, you will be fruitful in everything else. The other, it's not like an exclusion. Oh, we're gonna be fruitful with the Lord and then maybe, maybe we'll win one person to Jesus before we die. Oh my gosh. I believe, as I wrap this up, authentic satisfaction in life comes from knowing those three things. You're close to him, he's close to you, no matter what you feel, here's who you really are, and you all in this room listening, tired globe actually, 
You're called to make an impact. Like you're not a small person. I mean, without a show of hands, how many have felt that little whisper saying, you are nothing, you are nobody, close your mouth, don't dream, don't believe, you don't have anything to offer. You see, that's what is going on in the hearts and minds of men right now. They're hopeless because those lies are being spoken to them. But we're called to have authentic satisfaction in life. Real quick, as I wrap this up with the word, John 14, 18, Jesus is having this, this conversation with the disciples. And he says, I will, this is powerful. He says, I will never, everybody say never. Okay, do you believe this? He said, I will never, never leave you alone. And then he says, as orphans. Like there's such a powerful thing that God's gonna do out of the brokenness that's come to natural family and the earth in a spiritual way with sons and daughters that they are so convinced and so accustomed and so culturalized in what this thing called the family of God looks like and their place of belonging in it. And in that place, you will never feel alone. COVID-19, racial injustice, economic, whatever, you will never feel alone. And he says, those who truly love me will obey my words. I had this guy the other day who was telling me, we need to see what the devil's doing in the church, what the devil's doing in the world. I held my tongue. You know, when you're mentoring people, sometimes you're supposed to say things and then other times you're supposed to say nothing because they just can't hear it at the moment. I was like, I was thinking to myself, when did Jesus grow into who he was by looking what the devil was doing the whole time? The Bible says that he only did what he saw the father doing and only said what he heard the father saying. (laughs) You only have so much energy. Where are you getting the source of your information? Fox News, CNN, all the the stuff and noise on, on social media. Are you like, Father? Oh. I love what Megan and them are singing. That was so profound. Like, do you hear what I hear? Do you, do you see what I see? Like, high above the trees. Everything that blocks, like, and anything that blocks true vision. So obedience to words is just being able to hear them correctly. It's not like, this is not like, oh my gosh, I gotta obey the word. Oh, if I don't, I'm gonna be in trouble. No, 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 it's, it's getting vision again. Being able to see again. And then he says, whoever loves me will be loved by my Father. Because when you can hear his words, when you can see, the fruit of that seed gets in you and then you just start living it. We try the other way around, like, oh gosh, I'm not, I don't wanna mess up, I don't wanna. No, get vision, get the word in you and you'll 
manifest the fruit of it. Everybody awake this morning? He says in verse 21 of chapter 14, look at this with me. Then I will manifest my life in you, peace and good hope. That's amazing. Verse 22, with one of his disciples, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, he said, Lord, why is it that you will only reveal, I gotta close with this thought because you gotta capture this, this is what's gonna take us out these doors this morning. Why is it that you only reveal your identity to us and not to everybody else? Again, Jesus was human. He wasn't omnipotent. He wasn't, I mean, I'm sorry, he wasn't omnipresent. He wasn't able to be to all people at all times. He was limited. So he tells them these kind of things. He's like, listen, like, here's my limitations. I came and I I wanted to be so authentic. I wrapped myself in in flesh and blood. I came to you. It's, It's, I could give it to you. But he says, I'm giving myself to you so that you can give yourself to somebody else through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. As I mentioned earlier, it's, it's flesh and blood coming into people's lives empowered by the Spirit. And look at this with me, last scripture, verse 25. He says, I'm telling you this while I'm still with you, verse 26. But when the Father sends the Spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you many things in my name. His words now become your words. And he will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. So now wherever you're in those spheres, family, neighbors, work relationships, social relationships, we have the ability to be advocates for other people. And in 1427, he says, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, Not the fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Oh, Lord, this is such a time to hear this word. Not yielding to the fear or being troubled in our hearts, but instead be courageous. Wow. I was thinking, and I'll put this little seed out there. I'm like, God, I want to see an awakening of men right now. Because, you know, men, by their very nature, they're, they're defenders, right? Like, not that women aren't, okay, ladies? You guys are actually stronger than us right now. Can I get an amen? But what I'm saying is, is that men are like naturally defenders for other people. I remember when my son-in-law, Juan, when he met us, he was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm marrying the daughter of a Pentecostal pastor from Montana. Oh my gosh, that's like so intimidating, you know? And he was, I think, not afraid of me, but you know what I mean? A healthy kind of like fear, if you will, you know? He was terrified. He was completely terrified. And I wanted to tell Juan, listen, Juan, I never started a fight. I only finished him, okay? (laughs) That's it, just finished him. But if you, if you go, like for real, if you go back to me in high school, actually before that, my li- I had a little brother and he knew that his big brother Darren was his advocate 
And what I didn't know at the time is he was like an initiator, like pro- provoking people. And then he'd run to me and Darren, like so-and-so is going to do something to me. I'm like, what are you going to do to my brother? You know, and then it was just, they would stand down. You know what I mean? But, but my nature back then was for those that needed help. Like I look back pre-Jesus and I want to see an awakening of men that say, I want to rise up in this moment and be an advocate for others in this earth. So in January, we're going to do something cool. You're going to hear about it. I mean, it's not going to take much time every week. We're going to enter into the New Year's men going in this direction. I'm calling it 300 after the whole thing with Gideon. Do you remember they were, they were drinking? They were getting fed themselves, but they were watching. There's the balance. If you're just drinking, awesome, but it's not, not ideal. But if you're drinking and watching, there you go. That's, 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 that's potential for, for real transformation to come on the, on the world. And there was these three, 300 of them that, that saved a whole nation, really. It's not about the number for me, but I'm just like, man, I want to see this kind of a move of God. So could you stand up all over this place as, as we wrap this up? Thank you guys for just your grace and your patience this morning. I don't want to lose your Santa Biblia. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Let's just open up our hearts, Lord. We, we thank you for the beauty of this Advent season. God, so much gets lost in this crazy time of year, and especially with all that's going on in our world. But could we just sit for a moment and think about the God of the universe leaving his heavenly domain of perfection and beauty and coming into our messed up world in flesh and blood in all humility you didn't come as a king in a palace you came as a baby in a manger you were completely vulnerable you were you were completely submitted yourself into a, a time of discovery even for yourself looking at the Father, hearing the Father. And when the time came, you began to advocate on behalf of all men, peace and satisfaction in life. And it shook the planet, God. And it wasn't a one-time thing, God. You, you've planted that in our DNA, in our souls, to be advocates for our cities for our nation, for this world, for people groups, for family members, for neighbors, for the homeless, for the orphan, for the widow. God, whoever your heart, Lord, is leaning towards in the moment, let ours be sensitive to you, O oh God. I'm asking God, pray this with me, for a revival of intimacy with you like never before to shake the church. I'm asking God that you would come into our hearts in such an intimate way that we would be so aware of the nearness of your presence. God, would you send a mass revival of identity hitting your body? Move us out of performance. God, move us out of all the dysfunction into a a functional relationship with you. Ha ha.
impacted from there. Trust, I just know it. God, come. Come. Come on, let's pray over our region. God, come and visit us in this Advent time. Lord, we don't know what 2021 holds, but what it holds for us is something beautiful. It holds something profound for us, God. This is going to be the most glorious time in human history. Awaken. Awaken those who are sleeping, God. Awaken the advocates right now, we ask you. Even in this room. God will never leave you. Never. He'll never forsake you. His dreams over your heart are yes and amen. No matter what you think, no matter what you've been told, no matter what your circumstances look like, God, come and have your way. Come on, just open yourself up to the Lord. We just have a couple of minutes. Just put your hands in a position of posture, whether you're at home right now, whether you're listening to this. God, we open ourselves up. God, we just want to receive right now the gift that you are to the world. Come on, tell him, Emmanuel, thank you for coming. Thank you for visiting planet Earth. Thank you for putting flesh and blood on an eternal body that never was created, that has always been. God, thank you that you submitted yourself into time and existence here on this earth. Jesus. Come on, he gave his life. He gave his life so that we could have life. He gave his life so that you could have his life, his peace, his satisfaction forever. 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 Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.